Stephen Strang, and welcome to this very special edition of the Strang Report. I'm talking today to my longtime friend, Mike Bickle, of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. We're going to talk about what everyone's talking about, and that's what's happening in Israel with this war that's going on. And I wanted to, we're doing a lot of coverage on our Charisma News website. I'm starting a campaign that I call Stand with Israel, which goes along with things we've done for a number of years. We'll be raising money and doing a lot of things. There's another time and place to talk about that. Today, I wanted to in interview Mike because he is one of the strongest supporters of Israel. I don't know that we'll have time to get into it, but he even has some ties to Harry Truman, who was the American <laughs> president who recognized Israel on the day of its birth, which was on our calendar, May 15, 1948. And, um, and just recently, Mike mobilized many, many people to pray for Israel. So let's start there, Mike. First, let me welcome you. Thank you for coming out of the prayer room long enough to talk to me. And um, I want to say it was 5 million that prayed for Israel. It was yes, a yeah. huge number. How many was it? It was 5 million committed to pray one hour a day for 21 days in May this year. A 21-day fast with one hour of prayer a day, 5 million committed to it, and 12,000 ministries signed up saying we'll do it and mobilize the people in our nation and in our language. And we had over a hundred languages. And so they did it in their own languages and mobilized the people in their area. Well, that is impressive by any way that you measure it. I mean, just the number of people, it shows the influence that you have, the, the respect that a lot of ministries have for you. Uh, they, I won't say everyone's your friend, but a lot of people are <laughs> your friend because they, they feel they can trust you. But in, and in light of what's happened in just the last couple of days with Hamas attacking Israel, and really it was a surprise attack, which is a, I haven't really been able to satisfy my curiosity on how it happened, because you think the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, are some of the best in the world, but yet they were apparently caught off guard. What do you think is happening? Do you, uh, when you prayed for Israel, did you feel they needed the prayer support that, that something was happening? Uh, now that you can kind of look back on it, what do you think the tie truthfully, is? Truthfully, we stumbled into the commitment to pray for 21 days. I won't tell that story, but just being honest, then as we were stumbling into it, we said, wait a second, this is a God thing. This is significant. That's already after we engaged a lot of people then we said, this is not an accident. This is just something bigger than we understood. And so we got a lot of feeling about it, you know, like April and May. But when we called it in March, we really didn't, to be totally honest. And what do you think the significance is now in terms of praying for Israel? In fact, before our podcast is over, I want you and me and my viewers to actually pray uh, for Israel, the peace, of uh, the peace of Jerusalem and so forth. But talk to me about what you see is going on in Israel, especially from a prophetic uh, prayer point of view. Yeah, I have a little bit of insight, but I always want to be measured in that meaning. Oh, you really think you got this one? I, I got hints for sure. I feel like my hints are sure, but nothing that I'm going to be super bold about. 
I think uh, what's happening is this is bigger than the Yom Kippur War or when the Infada is like, it's not just the fifth Infada. How, wait, how do you say that? Infada. Yeah, I said it right. Anyway, Something. <laughs> yeah, real close to that. Someone will just... correct our, uh, is that Arabic or is it Hebrew? I don't know. Maybe it's both. <laughs> anyway, some say maybe this is just the fifth one in the last 20 years where where it's kind of intensified for a few weeks, a few months, and then it lifts. I think it's more than that. I think most people think it's more than that because there's this intentionality on both sides to really drive home and send a message to the other side in a way that the other ones were didn't have the same intensity. I got a feeling this might lead to the third third world war, a third world war, even though there might be a few reprieves in this, but you're a historian uh, more than I am. I'm an amateur one. You're a little bit more than an amateur one. I don't. And uh, so. I'm mean, you know almost forty years. So I, you're brilliant on on this. But World War One, it lined up kind of slow, with nations kind of jockeying and lining up, and then it got really brutal after it lined up. But it wasn't instantly brutal. And I just got this kind of image that there's lining up right now, but it's going to end up getting far more brutal than it looks like and far beyond just Israel. That's just a thought. That's just a, a, a feeling. But that if that's true, it will create a, actually, it will create a whole new awareness in the body of Christ to stand for Israel. Now, I mean, I'm not saying, let's sit, look at the positive side of a third world war. I'm not saying it that way. But I think what will happen is the global body of Christ will be far more engaged with it, the biblical narrative of Israel the more intense this gets. And we don't want it more intense. We're praying for peace in Jerusalem. We're praying for this to go away now. But it, the Lord might be orchestrating something, using the rage of Satan in the midst of it to that which Satan means for evil. God says, I got a plan that's going to backfire on you. And I'm going to end up with a lot more Jewish people asking me different questions than they're asking me right now. And it's going to lead to their salvations. Because when trouble starts, people, the conversation changes. What we say to God changes. What we say to our family changes. The way we pray changes. The way we think about next year changes. The, many things change when trouble comes. And when that change of conversation happens, it's like our hearts are vulnerable to God in a new way. We open up some place of our heart and many people change in the midst of those troubles. And so I know the enemy's raging, but the Lord's saying, you might be surprised how this might end up with a lot of people calling out to the Lord in a way they're not now. And millions of believers worldwide that are not against Israel, but not the kind of passive about Israel. They're going to get engaged with the biblical narrative of Israel. That's a couple thoughts I have right off the bat. Well, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, since you're talking about history, let's talk a little bit about Truman. A lot of people may not know that your headquarters in Kansas City is really in Grandview, uh, which is, is it a bedroom community? I've been there, of course. Um, it's greater Kansas City. And yes, right. It's South Kansas family, City. It's greater Kansas City, yes. And that the, the Truman family had a farm in Grandview. Right. And it's uh, like a historical place now. I mean, there's all 
the town's grown up around it, but there's still the house and the barn, and you know, because it's historical because it was a U.S. president was there. And then the Truman family owned a whole lot of property that is not a part of, not owned by the state, it's not a museum, anything like that. And through a whole series of circumstances, IHOP has that property. And so can you just take a minute yes. or two and kind of run through that? Because, you know, th when I've heard this, and of course I've heard it several times over the years, but it's the kind of thing that makes your jaw want to drop uh, because it's just so incredible. Yeah, it's, it's true. So Truman owned a 600-acre farm. And in 19... Is just a little bit less than a square mile, so that's big. It's big. Yeah, it's big. Yes, and Truman, you know, obviously becomes president, uh, and you know, through the forties, and you know, forty-five, and so in nineteen fifty-eight, some years after he's not president anymore, he sold it, and he sold it to several different uh, families and businesses, and a Jewish family bought like 120 of the acres of the 600 and that 120 actually is 160 and i don't want to spend detail on that it's 160 acres uh of that 600 acres and when i first moved to kansas city 40 years ago this very year you know 1983 this is 2023 it's my 40 years of being here i met the prophetic guy man bob jones and the first day i met him we were in the wealthy part of Kansas City, of South Kansas City, uh, general, uh, you know, greater Kansas City. And he goes, you're going to move from this wealthy part of town and you're going to move to the blue collar part of the Kansas City area. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're going to be on Harrius Truman's property and God's going to give it to you. That was just unthinkable to me because I didn't pray for Israel there. Actually, I had replacement theology. That's where I was 40 years ago in, in the spring of 1983. But he goes, no, you're going to change because Truman was a political intercessor for Israel. He goes, I don't think he knew that. I don't know. But he said an angel of the Lord or something. I mean, a couple of encounters with the Lord. I don't want to go into that detail. Told Bob he was a political intercessor for the Lord, for Israel. But God's going to raise up 24-hour prayer of singers and musicians, put them on the land as spiritual intercessors for Israel. He tells me this the first day I meet him. That makes no sense to me that we're going to move from this wealthy part of town. We had a lot of Mercedes in our parking lot. Now we don't have so many. <laughs> Just to be fun, say it funny. But 50 years to the day that Truman sold this family to this uh, property, to this Jewish family, we received it from them free of charge. 50 years to the day, actually. January 27th, 1958. Truman and this Jewish family, not, uh, January 27, 2008, 50 years to the day. And we get it debt-free. We don't pay anything for it, and it's right on a major highway. And it's worth millions and millions of dollars. And the way it happened, I'll skip, but it was remarkable how they knocked on our door. We did nothing. And then we end up with it on that day, so I call it Bob Jones. You know, This is 25 years after he told me. He told me in 83, this is 2008. He said, Bob, he lived uh, in, in North Carolina near Rick Joyner. I said, this is my care. He goes, remember 25 years ago, you told me we'd get that property? We got it debt-free 50 years to the day. And now we have singers and musicians and we're going 24 hours of prayer 
And he said, you didn't believe a word I told you. He goes, I bet you believe me now. <laughs> so it's an incredible story. We've had a number of Israel, uh, 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 rabbinic, Orthodox rabbis, what I'm trying to say, and Israel government people who have ran into the story and they've come out here. And they're really touched by it. They're going, like, that's remarkable. And why do, what do you guys do here? And say, well, you know, we love Jesus, but we love Israel. We love the Bible. And, and they're a little perplexed. And a couple of them told me this. They go, you do realize Truman is our guy, not your guy. He's not a Christian guy. I mean, I think he's Christian, but he's not known in Christian history. He's known in Israel history. I never thought about that. They said, for you to have the property of a guy that's like our George Washington type guy, he helped us become a nation. He goes, this is our story. And so they gave me some exhortations that I better be sensitive and careful because there's a bigger storyline going on. So that all happened uh, just in the last year or two, these conversations. Well, I'm very interested in that. I've always been an admirer of Harry Truman. He was president when I was born. I was actually born in Missouri, believe it or not. And, um, you know, he was raised in the church. He really was. He went to Sunday school. He heard stories about Israel in Sunday school. And I believe that the seeds that were planted came to fruition because when Israel uh, declared itself a nation, which fulfilled the prophecy, can a nation be born in a day? Right, it right. was. And when the and, you know, all these Arab countries were trying to squash it and really should have won that war in a day or two. You know, I mean, they didn't even really have a defense. You know, they, they, they had some kind of militia, and that was about it. I mean, they weren't a country. Against all the, odds. Against all odds. And when the president of the United States uh, recognized Israel within maybe an hour after it happened, that was huge. And, yes, the Israelis do... Um, honor him. There are things in Israel named Truman. Uh, there was a famous uh, banquet uh, that you can read about. In fact, I wrote about it in one of my books um, that where somebody got up and said that Truman was like Cyrus and he was at the head table and he got up and said, no, I am Cyrus. I mean, he yeah, was yeah. speaking in hyperbole and Cyrus was the Persian king that God used that the uh, children of Israel, the Jews could go back and rebuild they could move back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Right. And uh, no, he, he was at so a, he understood he to honored. some extent his plan. And I just think it's so interesting that all the, and in fact, when you talk about us 50 years of the day, you sound like Jonathan Kahn. He's always knowing that something is 50 He's, years to the Jonathan day. It's unbelievable to me. <laughs> and, but this really happened. And I've been out there. I've seen the property. It is by the highway. Uh, it's not totally developed. In fact, I think you're just in, you're right. just beginning to develop it. And you we've had it 13 property. years, but we're just now developing it. Yes. And uh, it's a beautiful piece of property and it's a great story, but it's also an example of how God will bless those who bless Israel because you have blessed Israel in so many ways and your prayer that you had, which I thought was significant. It was absolutely significant. Five million people praying. What do you think happens in the heavenlies when that kind of thing happens? And, and well, the, the famous verse, which you are very familiar with, but all of, uh, your those that participate in this podcast might not all be, but it is pretty well known. Daniel 10. Daniel 10 is about 500 
BC, a little bit further back, but that's close enough, 500 BC. And uh, Daniel's in Babylon, in Babylonian captivity. They've been in Babylon 70 years under judgment. And so that's why they're not in the land. And so Daniel cries out and the Lord is talking to Daniel. There's trouble in Jerusalem and I, I want to intervene. So that's in Daniel chapter 10. So he goes on this 21 day fast that everybody knows about Daniel's 21 day fast. But the interesting thing is, is that Daniel is praying, Lord, break in in Jerusalem and show your favor and do these various things. But nothing was happening. And Daniel's history, he's 84 years old, by the way, at this time. Daniel's history is dramatic supernatural encounters. I don't mean all day, every day, but a number of them. So he's thinking, what's going on here? Nothing is happening. 21 days go by, no activity from heaven that he can discern. And then this mighty angel, it's a very powerful angel that's described in Daniel 10. And uh, he appears to Daniel. And Daniel, I'm thinking, is going, what took so long? I don't know if he really said that, but he goes, well, the principality, the demonic principality of Persia, which is modern day Iran today. And most of you know that Persia, ancient Persian is modern day Iran today, or, you know, somewhat uh, similar it's the same geographic area-ish. And so this angel says, I couldn't get through. The mighty demon principality over Persia was holding me back. And then finally, Michael, the archangel broke in because Daniel, you kept praying. And because you kept praying, the father sent Michael. Michael is the mighty warring angel that has been uh, given a, a very specific assignment to the nation of Israel. So he comes, this is my language, he pushes or he somehow uh, moves this demonic uh, power that's hindering that mighty angel. The mighty angel breaks through and gives Daniel the, the information and the breakthrough happens. I think, well, first I'll say this, Iran or Persia, I'm going to use those interchangeably. It's not exactly interchangeable, but about 80% it is. Uh, uh, Iran and Persia have only been a world power two times in 6,000 years of recorded history. Only twice. The generation of Daniel and today. They've had a kingdom and an empire, but never world dominance. And they only have it recently, in my opinion, because of China and Russia and all the dynamics. And, you know, the chance of getting a nuclear weapon, they're a second away from it. So they're a world power-ish. And so only twice have they been a world power. It depends on how you define that, but the whole world's watching them and is really nervous if they do something bad. And so that, that's how I'm using it. And so the 21-day fast of Daniel 2,500 years ago, there was another 21-day fast, but it was this year in May. It wasn't one Jewish prophet. It was 5 million Gentile believers praying an hour a day. Here's what I, I said that whole story to say this. I think we're in that Daniel 21-day significant prophetic season where the prayer has escalated and the angels are coming and there's war in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit would be whispering to us, Keep going. You're in that 21-day period, not literal 21-day period, but you're in that season where you've engaged the demonic powers 
and brought conflict and uh, in this realm of the spirit, the believing, the praying church has. The reason that's important is that something changed in May, in my opinion, in the heavenlies. And the Michael breakthrough is down the road, not so far away. I mean, the last time he did it, it was 2,500 years ago. And so I'm not saying it's going to happen in a week, but it's not so far away now because we're in that 21 day kind of using that as, as a template. Again, not 21 days, but we're in that intercessory season that's heightened for Israel that's bringing conflict into the spirit room. I think that's what's happening. That's incredibly encouraging if that's a right interpretation. Well, it certainly is an interesting interpretation and we're seeking to understand and we looked at Christian leaders like you with a long track record um, to help us understand, to make sense out of this. This is more than just a geopolitical kind of situation. This is more than one more attack from the terrorists against Israel. Something is going on and we need to really pray for that country. You know, it's basically shut down. Uh, they've shut down the airports. Uh, you know, basically there's no commerce going on. People aren't going to work. I mean, it's a, it's a war zone. And uh, they say that more people have died. I guess maybe it was last yeah. Saturday, more people died than any given day since the Holocaust. Yes, I mean, right. that is just mind boggling to think about. So, and, and another thing, another fact that's going on the internet, I haven't fact checked it, but some really smart guys are saying it, that a percentage wise or proportion to the size of our population in America, to Israel, the number killed is something like, uh, there were some 10 times bigger than 911, the percentage of people killed in America. It's 10 times a greater crisis in terms well, of the percentage. I believe you're right. I've, I've heard the same statistic. They said it was the same as about uh, 40,000 Americans dying. Yeah, right. And that's yeah, a little like that. bit more than 10 times the, the uh, around 3,500, you know, who were killed in 9-11. So... Yes, it's a huge impact, and it came as an absolute shock, just like 9-11 did. And it was just incredible evil that did it. But I think it, I think if this escalates into the larger scope, then a number, I'm not going to go into a big prophetic thing, but a number of prophetic events that are tied to a massive military buildup and, and uh, conflict, they will happen one after the other. And so if this is really unto that, we're in a closer to the Lord's return than we might think. I mean, nobody knows the day or the hour, but this could really, I'm paying attention going, my goodness. Well, we have only about five minutes left, and I want you to lead us in prayer. Of course, your ministry is the International House of Prayer 24-7 uh, I've known you since before the House of Prayer, been involved in a small way at different times over the years, and uh, I think what you're doing is so important, and you've been a role model because just today, someone, I, I was communicating with someone, and they mentioned a House of Prayer that they are affiliated with that isn't affiliated with um, IHOP KC, but you were their inspiration. And you've inspired so many people. So oh, I appreciate that. Without further ado, why don't we just lift our hearts out and invite my listeners and viewers to pray with us wherever you are right now. If you are praying with us, leave us a comment 
and we'll look at them later. So Mike, go ahead and pray. Okay. Just one quick sentence. I'm actually in our prayer room in the studio. We got a studio at the back of it. So right behind me is the people up on the stage and I can hear all their songs right, right this very second. So it's kind of fun. But uh, uh, you said that this house of prayer was not affiliated with Kansas City. Actually, nobody is. Nobody can affiliate with us. We tell people to join the church of your city. So 100% of them are not IHOP. So just for the record. Well, I sort of knew that, but you said it better. So thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pray from Psalm 102. And I have, I'm going to give a little ad for my website. I have on my website a list of 21 prayers for Israel with a breakdown of how to pray them, a paragraph or two that we use in that 500, that 5 million folks. And so some folks listening might go, where are the Israel prayer verses at? And so it's just called 21 prayers for Israel. There's actually about a hundred in the Bible, but we picked 21 for 21 days. But uh, I got a lot of folks that have said that helped jumpstart us a little bit. But I'm going to pull one of those 21 prayers off, off my list, Psalm 102, verse 12. And it's talking about the generation the Lord returns in his context, but I won't spend time saying that. In verse 12, the psalmist said, Arise, O Lord. And Father, we ask you to arise, to intervene in the earthly realm. That's what arise means in prayer. Intervene in the earthly realm. Arise, Abba. By the very light of your countenance, shine on the city of Jerusalem. We ask you, verse 12, you would arise in your mercy on the city of Jerusalem. We ask for protection. We ask for angelic involvement. We ask for the eyes of the heart of both Jews and Arabs and even the international community. The eyes would be opened to the glory and the beauty of Jesus, Yeshua, even now in the midst of this conflict. This would be an opportunity for the harvest. Shine your light, Lord. Arise in your mercy. I ask you, I think of now even the Messianic ministries. There's about 200 of them in the land. Touch their children, Lord. I think of so many children of Messianic uh, families who they get persecuted at school. They have don't have so many friends because of their family stand for Jesus. I ask that this would be a time of mercy on them, a time of breakthrough. 10 and 12-year-olds, 15 and 20-year-olds, that they would be invigorated by the Holy Spirit in a new way. God, I ask for the Arab community. I ask for the Arab believers, the same for them and for their children. I ask for a sweeping wind of the Spirit across the land, on the Knesset, on rabbinic uh, 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 Judaism, on the military, on the government, on the Palestinian authority, a wind of the Spirit, as you said in the next verse, you would appear in your glory in the city of Jerusalem. I ask that even as you appeared to Paul the Apostle 2,000 years ago, appear in your glory, even as Muslims all over the Middle East, the man in white is appearing in dreams. I ask you, Jesus, the man in white, appear in dreams to them, believers and unbelievers alike. And you said in Psalm 102, these things are written for a set time, a generation yet to come. We believe we're in that set time, the beginning of it. So I ask you, God, that you would look down from heaven. You would see and have mercy and release the mercy of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. And we pray with you, Mike. 
And uh, I'd like to ask my viewers and listeners to write your comments and remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and come, in, come back to our website every single day. We're going to be covering this. Uh, a lot of our coverage, because this is so important, is going to be on different things that are happening uh, with Israel. So I'll thank you for tuning in today. Share this with other people. If you don't subscribe to my podcast, do so. And then you're notified when we have a live podcast every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But while everything's going on, I'm doing more podcasts in between because there are so many different ministries that we've contacted trying to get um, uh, information from there. Uh, it's just amazing what's happening. So you don't want to miss any of it. Thank you again. Hey, Steve, I got one, one more quick word. You ought to get Jonathan Kahn on your podcast. I know him. I can connect him to you, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I appreciate bless that. Bless you, my friend. Okay. God bless you. Bye. And God bless all those who are watching. Bye now.